Welcome to this week's podcast from Faith Christian Church. For more details, check out faithcc.com.au. We hope you enjoy this message. Heavenly Father, as we are in your presence tonight, we're gathered with your people tonight. Our prayer is tonight, Lord, that you would come and you would speak to us, Lord Jesus. God, we're ready for you to do a work in our hearts. Ready, ready for you to change us tonight. Ready for you to speak so clearly to us. And Lord, as we received as a church family just last Sunday, the vision for this house for 2020, God, we just pray that you would just unpack another layer tonight for our hearts, for our spirits. God, we want more for you. We want more from you tonight, Lord. We want more from you in 2020. And so, God, we just say, come, and you would speak to us. God, you do something powerful among us tonight. And everyone of faith said, amen, amen, amen. Take your seats tonight. I don't know if you were at one of our services last Sunday, but as a church family, we just gathered around the vision for 2020, and uh, it was so exciting to hear Pastor Matt share live stream at our AM services and then on Sunday night again where we're going as a church. And I want to encourage you if you didn't get an opportunity just to connect in via our podcast and make sure that you listen to, to what we have laid out for 2020. Because as a church family, this isn't just about what we want to do as a church or a church building, but actually the vision that we have for each and every one of you as a church family. And Pastor Matt shared around three main ideas uh, last week around family, about strengthening families, your family, my family, that 2020 would be a year that we see our families flourish and thrive. And he spoke about spiritual inheritance. We've received a spiritual inheritance. We're standing here because we've received a spiritual inheritance of those who have gone before us, believed before us, and we get to walk in those blessings. And he shared around legacy, which Pastor Andy just mentioned, as we reminded you about our legacy build and the exciting things that are happening at this church in the coming years. And so I want to encourage you just to just receive that in your spirit. It's not just a slogan. It's not just something that we came up with because we thought it would sound good for 2020. It's what our prayer is for you in 2020. It's what our prayer is for your family in 2020. And I want to unpack that a little bit more tonight. I want to speak about heaven's birthright tonight. I want to speak on the idea of spiritual inheritance tonight. About 11 years ago, my grandmother passed away. She passed away late 2008. And um, she, uh, one of the things that you notice about my grandmother in her later years is that she wore a lot of jewelry. She had lots of gold rings. She loved to wear rings on her finger. In fact, um, the first time that Noaf came over to my house when we were dating, uh, he said to me, and he met my grandmother, he said, wow, your, mom's got, your grandmother's got a lot of jewelry, doesn't she? She had several. She didn't just have one ring on each finger, and some of her fingers, she had a couple of rings going. Yeah, she had, she had a good collection of jewelry. My grandmother, actually, uh, she was born uh, overseas. She was born in a country named Myanmar or Burma. She survived World War II. She survived poverty and hardship, and she made a new life for herself here in Australia. And at some point when she was here in Australia, she decided, I'm going to start using my resources to accumulate jewelry. And she did. 
She enjoyed it. And I remember as a young girl playing with her jewelry and, and being so, you know, enamored with the gold that she had on her fingers. And when I was young, when I was about nine or ten years old, she said to me about this one particular ring that I would always look at and admire. She said to me, when I'm gone, it will be yours. And so 11 years ago, she passed away just before I got married, and uh, she had many grandchildren by the time she passed, and great-grandchildren, and she actually gave a piece of jewelry to each one of her grandchildren. That was her inheritance. She didn't come to Australia with a whole lot, but she had saved up, and she'd purchased those jewels over time, and she gave something for, for each and every one of us. It wasn't much, but there was something for everyone. And tonight, I want to speak to you about this idea of the spiritual inheritance, because there is something for all of us. There are blessings for all of us. There's favor for all of us. I'm going to say that again. There's favor for all of us. There's blessings for all of us. There is an inheritance for all of us. And right now, just before we get into the Word, I want to come against this idea because as I was preparing, I felt so strongly that there are people here tonight who said to themselves, there's nothing for me. Or maybe you've been told there's nothing for you, but I want to come against that idea that there is nothing for you because God has something for you. He left an inheritance for you and for me. We're going to turn in the Word right now, and if you've got your Bibles, I want to read to you from 1 Peter chapter 1 and verses 3 to 4. And the verses are going to be on the screen behind me. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish spoil or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you. There's an inheritance for us. In Ephesians chapter 1 and verses 13 to 14, I'm going to read from the Passion Translation tonight. It says, and because of him, when you who are not Jews heard the revelation of truth, you believed in the wonderful news of salvation. Now we have been stamped with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit. He is given to us like an engagement ring is given to a bride, as the first installment of what's coming. He is our hope promise of a future inheritance, which seals us until we have all of redemption's promises and experience complete freedom, all for the supreme glory and honor of God. We have an inheritance. God has left for each and every one of us an inheritance, and it is worth waiting for. When we talk about an inheritance, we talk about something that is significant. I remember a few years ago getting one of those emails, you know, people forward those emails to you. And I'm not really one for forward this to 10 friends kind of an email person, but this one caught my eye because someone had found a link on one of the government websites, the State Revenue Office and it was a link to unclaimed money. You know, super, that's unclaimed. Someone's given you something in a will that's unclaimed. And this is about probably a little over 10 years ago now. Well, I forwarded that to every person I knew, and I went online to check for unclaimed money. Now, the truth is I knew I'd been working for about two or three years full-time at that point, and therefore hadn't actually earned a whole lot of super. 
But that didn't stop me from putting my name in, clicking search, just in case, because you never know, just in case someone out there had thought to leave me some money. And many people did it at that time. I can see some of you are nodding. You remember that email that went around. That was much better than the forward this to 10 friends, and uh, you'll be blessed, forward this to 10 friends, and uh, good things will happen to you today. We thought, let's go online. Let's check. I checked every living relative I had. I checked my name, checked my brother's name, just in case he hadn't checked. No harm. Checked everybody's name just to make sure, just in case someone had left me something. You see, we have an inheritance, but so often we don't value it. So often we kind of leave it to one side and forget that actually it's an inheritance to be claimed. So tonight I want to share with you a few thoughts around our spiritual inheritance, and then we're going to spend some time in prayer. The first thought I want to share with you tonight is the inheritance you release. The inheritance you release. The truth is, we have an inheritance from God, and it is good. It is a good inheritance. It is valuable. It is filled with favor and blessing good things that we receive as children of God, but there's an inheritance that we receive that we actually need to release. In order to receive what we have inherited, we actually need to let go of some of the extra things that we carry. I have two kids. They're aged three and seven. And whenever we go out with them at the moment, they have this thing of carrying kind of toys with them wherever they go. We can't get into the car without some kind of thing in their hand. You go to the shops, you just need to get bread and milk. What will I take with me on this extravagant journey to Woolworths to get bread and milk? And they take with them, not the toys, you know, the expensive toys that as a parent that you save up for, you look through the catalogs for, you go and fight with someone in Kmart or Target just before Christmas for. They take with them these kind of little toys. How do I describe them? What's a good word? Rubbish. That's how you describe them, rubbish. Junk that you can throw away if only they would let you. The little rubbish toys, the McDonald's toys. You know, hey, when I was growing up, those McDonald's Happy Meal toys were good. Now they give them rubbish. Rubbish. And they take them with them. And here's the thing, as we're trying to get out the door, whether it's to school, wherever we're going, I'm trying to get them to actually take the other things with them that they need, you know, like their school bag that contains their lunch so they can eat for the day. And I'm saying to my kids every day as we get out the door, put the rubbish down and pick up the things that you actually need to carry with you. And every day I stand by my front door and I say, put that down, pick up this thing. Take your lunch with you, you know, so you'll have food to eat, so you'll live today, that kind of thing, so no one will judge me as a bad parent. Take your school bag with you with your jumper and your raincoat and your umbrella because even though it's 30 degrees right now, anything can happen. Hold those things with you and leave the junk at home. And inevitably, my kids stand at the door and they kind of, they're not sure because they want to carry the rubbish, but they know they need to carry the good things too. And they kind of stand there a little bit concerned about what should I do? I only have two hands. And every day I go through this. Any parents, can anyone give me? Yeah, thank you for the witness. It's not just me. But I find that often in life, when it comes to our spiritual inheritance, we approach our life in the same way. Sometimes life gives you junk. 
Some of us here tonight, you've received some things that's just, there's no other way to put it, but it's rubbish. Words that are spoken over you, things that you've been told that it's just like that because that's how your family is. And we hold it in our hands, but God wants to give us something that is infinitely more valuable because he has an inheritance for us, but we're holding on to things that God would say to us, it's time to release. And tonight I wanna encourage you that we all have inheritances that we need to release. We don't need to hold on to them any longer. We don't need to hold on to those words. We don't need to hold on to those attitudes. We don't need to hold on to those habits that we've been told. It's just how our family do it. It's just what happens in this family. It's just what it's going to be like for you. We don't have to hold on to those things anymore. I love this verse in Joshua 24 and verse 15. Joshua declares over his family at a very key moment, and many of you would know this verse, but as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. But have you ever wondered about Joshua's own family? I mean, I'm talking about his parents, the generation before him, because it's great, and we put it up, you know, you see it in Kurong, it's the plaques you put up in your house, and, and we quote it, and as for me and my household, but perhaps for some of you it might be a bit discouraging because you think my household doesn't follow the Lord right now. Well, let me tell you about Joshua because he declared that after certain things happened in his life. He declared that after Moses uh, led the people of Israel right to the edge of the promised land, and then he sent 12 men to go out and scout the land, and Joshua was only two of the 12 who came back and said, it's good, we're ready, we're ready to trust God. The 10 others said, I'm not sure about this, and the Bible records in Numbers 13 and 14 that the rest of the people rose up against Moses, a whole entire generation who said, we will not trust God. We don't want to go there. We don't want to do that. We reject the promises of God. We reject the plan of God. And in that moment, God said, I will send the next generation to the promised land. And Joshua was of that next generation. But understand that when he stood there and he declared those words, he had witnessed a generation before him Make a decision not to follow God. Make a decision to turn their nose at the promises of God and the opportunities of God. But he stood there and declared in that moment, as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. You see what he was doing is he was releasing a different inheritance. He was saying it's not part of my world any longer. In Jeremiah 31 and verse 29, this is what God promises to his people. And I'm going to read from the message translation. It says, and when that time comes, you won't hear the old proverb anymore. Parents ate the green apples, their children got the stomach ache. In other words, it was a saying, it was a saying that people said at that time. In other words, children suffered for their parents' decisions. And God was saying in that very key moment that no longer would you suffer for the decisions of others, but you would, be stand, you would stand and be counted for your decision. There are some things that we can't control, some things we receive as our inheritance or our genetics, and I know you may not know this about me, but actually I'm quite short for my age. It's a surprise. I know Pastor Layton doesn't like to stand next to me because it's very intimidating for him, so, uh, but I am short because that's just what I got dealt with. That's the genetic hand I got dealt with. Luckily, I've got good looks and a brain to make up for it, but I am short. Some things you can't 
release back some things you inherit and it's just what you get. My brother was bald by the time he was about 20. It's just what you get sometimes. Not everything can you say no to. But let me tell you, there's a lot of things that we don't have to carry that we might think we've received, but God actually says of us, there is a new thing I wanna do in your life and in your family. There's an inheritance we have to release. Um, I watched a documentary a few months ago uh, about um, orca whales. It's called Blackfish. And uh, you know, I like, I like documentaries about things like, they're the apex predator, which means there's no one in the food chain above them, they're the top. They eat other animals, no one eats them. So I kind of like that kind of stuff. And I was watching this, uh, this documentary, but it talks about um, orcas who live in captivity. And one of the examples is, uh, you know, the orca who was in the movie Free Willy, who grew up watching Free Willy. And uh, he was a whale that's in captivity. And of course, ironically, the movie is called Free Willy. And the whole movie is about freeing Willy, but actually he lived in captivity. And after lots of kids watched that movie and fell in love with poor old Willy, and they found out that he was living in captivity, they began to write in and petition that uh, the zoo that he was in, that they would actually release Willy. And so after receiving many letters and all these petitions, they decided, let's actually free. His real name was Keiko, and uh, so they decided to release Keiko. And the story goes, and this is a phenomena for many animals that are in captivity, the story goes that they began to work with Keiko to put him into freedom, to release him into the wild. But it's not an easy thing if you've been living in captivity since you were young. He was quite young, he was two or three years old when he was captured. And so eventually they feel like they've reached a place where he's, he's got enough confidence now and they leave him and they, uh, they release him off the shores of Iceland because that's where he was originally from. And the story goes that some weeks later they find the same whale because they were tracking him in Norway. He had actively sought out human contact because he couldn't survive in freedom. And eventually, only a couple of days after that, he died. And it's a phenomenon that they have observed in animals that are in captivity that they then try to release. See, he was free, he just didn't know he was free. He didn't have to be in captivity anymore, he just didn't know it. He couldn't be convinced of it and so he wasn't able to live in freedom. The truth is, there's a very similar story when the people of Israel leave slavery and they go into the wilderness and they turn to Moses and they say, it would be better if we just went back to Egypt, to what we know. See, sometimes we're happy with the things that we have because we know it. We're too afraid to experience what God has for us because maybe it's just better dealing with what we know. But God has an inheritance for us. He's promised an inheritance for us. And in order for us to receive it, we've got to actually release some of the things that we've told ourselves or others have told us that we are just meant to live with. That is a lie of the enemy. We don't have to live with those things. We don't have to live with those kind of generational habits and things that have been passed down to us. We can make a decision here tonight, in this place right now, that a new day is dawning and a new line is being drawn in the sand for me and my family. As Joshua said, as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. There is an inheritance that we need to release.
tonight in just a few moments when we pray. I just sense there are people here. And tonight, tonight's the night for you to do business with heaven and to release some of those things. Release the words that have been spoken over you. Release the things that you have been thinking to yourself that you can't go any further because it's just the lot that you have been dealt with. But there's an inheritance we release. And then there's the inheritance we receive. Esau in the book of Genesis rejects his birthright in that famous scene. He comes hungry, and he must have been really like not hungry, but hangry for him to actually decide in that moment that lentil soup was better than his birthright. I don't know if anyone ever thinks this, but how good did that lentil soup smell? I mean, it must have been really good for him to decide in that moment that that was worth giving his birthright, because I can't fathom it. I've been hungry before. I've been hangry before, but just releasing like that your birthright, your future is pretty outrageous. But he does it because he doesn't value what he had. He grew up in a family of faith. He grew up with generations before him that he could look to, who were men and women of faith, who trusted in God, who did some outrageous things. But in that moment, he didn't value what he had received. We have received an inheritance. In fact, the Bible says that as Christians, we have been grafted in. I'm going to read this verse, and then I'm going to ask Ellie and Ramon to help me with something in a few minutes. Romans 11, verse 17. says, However, some of the branches have been pruned away, and you, who were once nothing more than a wild olive branch in the desert, God has grafted in inserting you among the remaining branches as a joint partner to share in the wonderful riches of the cultivated olive stream. In Romans, the author uses a very ancient technique of gardening to talk about our life of faith. He talks about being grafted in. He talks about the inheritance that we receive as Christians. And tonight, I want to speak also to those of you who are first-generation Christians, those of you who are the first in your family to make that decision to become Christians, because it's hard going when you don't have support. It's hard going when you go home, you come to church on Sunday, and you feel just the presence of God, and you lift your hands in worship, and you have your friends with you, and you go to connect group, but then you go home, and you live in a very different environment, and it can be challenging. But the Bible says of you that you've been grafted in, and when we talk about spiritual inheritance, you might be thinking to yourself, I don't really have some great role models to look at spiritually. Might have good, great parents, great family members, but spiritually speaking, I don't really have a spiritual inheritance. I'm starting off new. But the Bible talks about this concept of grafting, which is actually a, a gardening concept, and some of you who are keen gardeners, which I'm not, but just for the purposes of this, we'll pretend that I am. But some of you might know what gardening is, and don't worry, I've got my safety gloves, Pastor Dave my Bunnings supervisor. And I'm going to just speak to you about what it means to be grafted in because you might not know what that concept means. Gardeners use grafting as a tool when they want to actually create a new fruit or to grow more fruit, but particularly if they want to create a new species of fruit. So for example, people use it when they're growing, particularly when they're growing fruit. A lot of gardeners like to use it if they've got an apple tree and they want that apple tree to produce more than one type of apple from the same tree. And they use this process called grafting. And what happens is they take the tree, which is the root tree, 
which is doing well, it's producing fruit that they like. And let's say, for example, for tonight's illustration, this is a lemon tree that produces really nice, juicy lemons. So when the recipe calls for one lemon, lemon juice, you actually get lemon juice enough for that recipe. So it's very juicy. But then you've got another lemon tree, and it tastes sweet. The lemons taste just beautiful. And you want to try and merge together those two amazing things into one fruit that is juicy and tastes good. They do something called grafting. And what they do is they take a branch from the tree. So let's pretend for tonight this is from the tree of a lemon that is just sweet tasting. And this is the lemon tree that's very juicy. And what they do is they clip it off at spring just as it's starting to bud and it seems like things are growing, but first they have to prune it a little bit. And so you have to take away all the things that seem to be going well. And, you know, sometimes when we become Christians and we come to the Lord, we make decisions that are difficult and it feels like God is just pruning away some of the good things in our life. And so you have to prune it. So there's really just a stick that's left. And it looks a little bit sad and lonely at this point. Looks like it's all on its own. It looks like there's not a whole lot that's going to come out of this particular branch at this moment. But if you're a good gardener and you understand these things, you know that it has a lot of promise. It just doesn't look like it right now. It looks like we've stripped this branch of everything that's good and nice in its world at that moment, but it's still standing And importantly, it's been kept so that it is still able to produce fruit. It's still fresh. And so what they do is they take this branch, this lone branch that seems like it doesn't have a whole lot going for it, and they take it and they bring it to this root plant here. And they find a branch, and what they do is they cut it, which I won't do tonight because it's never a good thing to involve me with knives, but pretend that I did. And they cut down into the stem here so it's exposed and they cut a little bit here in the root tree and expose it and then they put it together just pretend use your imagination that I did that very well but then they actually just use some tape like I'm using right now and they tape it to a branch and because they've done it at a certain time of year here's what happens you see that branch that seemed like it was all on its own and got trimmed back and it seemed like it didn't have a whole lot going for it. Now that it's connected to this root tree, all the good things that comes from this good tree, all the nutrients, all the things that make those lemons so nice, start to flow through this branch. And this branch brings something. It brings something of itself. You see, don't forget we said before, this branch is from a lemon tree that produces really juicy lemons. And so it still retains that, those good things. But now it's become part of a new family and it receives all the things. So every time we order this plant and we feed this plant, guess who gets it? This branch that has been grafted in, didn't belong there originally, but we found a way to put it in there nonetheless. And at the end of this journey, what will happen if you've grafted it correctly, is that this branch will sprout fruit. And that fruit will be a lemon that is both juicy and tastes wonderful. 
It will be a new fruit, something maybe that hasn't been seen before, but something that is very much wanted and needed. But most importantly, it becomes so fused with this tree. Unless you're a keen gardener and you understand grafting, you and I would never be able to tell that originally it came from another tree. Originally, it got stripped back. Originally, it felt like maybe everything that was good and things that were important got stripped back in that decision. But nonetheless, now it's part of a new tree. And Paul says of us as Christians that part of our inheritance is that we have been grafted in. In other words, as we made that decision, whether it was only a few months ago for you or a few years ago for you, when you made that decision to come to Christ, there was a period in your life where you felt like all the good things in your life began to strip away. Maybe you even had family members who said, I don't want to speak to you anymore now that you've made that decision. Maybe some of your friends and the things that you used to do with them, they don't find you as interesting anymore because you, know, you don't do some of the things that you used to do and so it gets stripped away. And the reason that we encourage you to stay in the family of God is that even though it feels like everything gets stripped away, now you've been grafted in and you get to receive all the things that comes from this original plant. That's the inheritance we receive as Christians. That's our promise as Christians. Each and every one of us here receives that same inheritance because it doesn't matter if you came from a great tree or not. It doesn't matter if the tree that you came from is filled with people who are so far from God you're embarrassed to even tell other people about it. It doesn't matter because you've been grafted in. And what's really important is you're gonna go on to produce fruit and fruit that we need and it might be different and it might taste different but we'll be so glad when you produce that fruit because it's something that we need. That's the inheritance that we receive. It's our inheritance. This is the picture in Ephesians 1 and verses 18 to 21. It says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. The power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. That is the picture of our inheritance. We inherit that from Jesus Christ, our Savior. No matter where we've been, no matter what we've done previously, we have an inheritance, and it is a good inheritance, but it's an inheritance we receive. It's not one we can earn, but it is one that we must receive. Finally, and we're going to pray, the inheritance we leave behind. I'm going to ask the team to come up and join me right now. There's not just an inheritance that we receive. There's not just an inheritance that benefits us. There's an inheritance that we leave behind for others. And it's so important that we don't forget that we have an inheritance to leave for others. Whatever we might start out with, Wherever you might be today, and maybe you're very new in your journey in Christ, you have an inheritance to leave for others. One of the books that I read on my holidays is a book called Seeking Allah, Finding Jesus. And uh, I really encourage you, it is a really fantastic book to read. It's a biography, but it's a page turner. It's about a young man who's about the same age as me, living in America from a 
devoted Muslim family. He goes to university and he makes a friend who's a Christian and they decide to spar and challenge each other on their faith. And on that journey in that friendship, he begins to uncover who God is. And he goes on that journey where he comes to know who Christ is. And after he makes a decision to become a Christian, he begins to go around the world and preach about how Jesus has changed his life. And just like the branch, that decision cost him many things. It cost him his family, it cost him his friends, it cost him, to quite a degree, his identity. But he went around the world and he spoke and shared with people his own journey of faith and led many others in his situation to Christ. A couple of years ago, passed away from cancer, but he's left a legacy. He's left an inheritance. You see, because the decisions that he made in his lifetime have been left behind to encourage someone else. The decisions you make today, the decisions you make in faith, the decisions just like Joshua who decided, I'm not gonna be like the previous generation. I'm gonna stand up for what I believe and trust in God. Those decisions carry eternal importance and it's not just for your life. It's for more than your life. It's for those who come after us. It's for those who walk beside us, for those who need to be encouraged, for those who need to see that it is worth standing up for our faith. We have a spiritual inheritance to leave. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from Faith Christian Church. To stay up to date, check us out at our website, faithcc.com.au.